if you understand the nuances of how each platform works as opposed to running after every shiny object, you will be far more successful in social media. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. What visuals does the word community stir up for you? Maybe families in your neighborhood congregating, kids riding around on their bikes and playing in the front yards, or maybe gatherings at your place of worship where people share common beliefs and values. In the workplace, it could be the culture built inside your business where people genuinely enjoy working together and helping each other learn and grow, or collections of industry events where people with common interests and skills come together to periodically share experiences and ideas. But what about online. The term social media is appropriately named because over the past 15 years or so, the types of communities that we're used to in our physical world continue to be mimicked in the online media space. Now, just to be clear, I am absolutely not advocating for the replacement of in-person interaction with interaction through our smartphones and computers, but it doesn't have to be one or the other either. And frankly, it shouldn't be. So I'd ask that you keep an open mind through this episode as I speak with a guest who has figured out how to do exactly what I'm talking about, building a manufacturing community online. Sam Gupta has been an ERP thought leader in the digital transformation space for nearly two decades with the primary focus on financial systems and ERP. Sam has been a part of large transformation initiatives for Fortune 500 corporations, but now spends his time consulting with SMEs as a principal consultant at Elevate IQ. Sam's deep expertise in manufacturing value chain combined with cross-industry expertise enable him to have higher success rates with the digital transformation initiatives in the manufacturing, distribution, and retail industries. Sam has been involved with startup ecosystem in the last 10 years and has experience in building and growing businesses from scratch. Sam regularly speaks at industry conferences and contributes his experiences through many popular blogs and publications. He also hosts a podcast called WBS Rocks, focused on business growth through digital transformation and ERP, where he interviews top influencers and executives from ERP, supply chain, digital transformation, and accounting. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. Super excited to be here and super excited to talk to your fun listeners. Great. Well, Sam, I was a guest on your podcast, WBS Rocks, a while back, shortly after you were launching it. And I wanted to get you over here on the manufacturing executive for a number of reasons as well. But I have to start by saying that over the past few months, I've seen you everywhere online. You seem to be just kind of blanketing the manufacturing space with your presence. And and that alone is, is reason to have you on the show because you've got something figured out on that front. You're all over my LinkedIn feed. You're all over Clubhouse. Some of our listeners are probably starting to become familiar with Clubhouse, others not. And we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But you're always creating content, it seems, in conjunction with other really smart manufacturing folks, which is you know something I'm, I'm a huge, big advocate for. So, And I think that's a good lead into the conversation today. Because really, really what I want to talk to you about today is building a manufacturing community online. Sam, you and I had a conversation a week or two ago to prep for this episode, and you said something that jumped out to me. Your, your comment was something along the lines of, it's the job of sales to build thought leadership around a product category. Your community is a way to help you do that. So I was wondering if you could kind of unpack what you meant when you said that. Well, so let's go back and talk about just the products and the technologies and how the overall the products and offerings are perceived in the sales world because, you know, obviously I have been involved with a lot of long sales cycle and, and very complex products, right? So people talk all the time about, you know what, my offering is very disruptive. My offering is just so cool. But end of the day, when you look at from the perspective of a CFO or the procurement, right, they typically see it as you are trying to solve my problem. Now, how disruptive that is, it doesn't really matter to be honest, okay? In their mind, they are thinking that you are simply trying to solve a problem. 
So let's look at some of the manufacturing products that we typically see, right? Now, if everybody is trying to solve the problem, so there is no sense of differentiation, I guess, in the product, even though you want to talk about your differentiation all day. <laughs> but, you know, customers don't necessarily care for the differentiation. But one of the differentiation is going to be really around the thought leadership. Because what customers are looking to, to do is they are looking to make a very informed decision around a product and offering so that they don't necessarily have any sort of financial risk. I mean, that is always going to be their biggest problem that, okay, if I'm spending, if I'm the, let's say, the executive or the CFO or the sales leader or sales ops, right? If I'm cutting a check of $100,000, then I need to think about, okay, whether I'm going to get some sort of ROI from this, whether I'm going to get some value from this. So that's why the thought leadership and the expertise is super important. Now, let's talk about community. Now, based on the kind of things that we have seen from the social media perspective, from the podcasting perspective, obviously, there is a little bit of play here from the marketing perspective that this whole notion of the thought leadership is going to grow in next four to five years. Now, why is thought leadership and community building so important? Now, if all of the products and offerings are going to be similar in their positioning, how do you differentiate? One of the ways to differentiate is going to be really create sort of the thought leadership and help your customers grow, okay? So rather than simply being a vendor to a corporation, what you are trying to do in case of a community is you are literally helping your customers grow. And now this growth could be in terms of education. It could be in terms of the introductions. It could be in terms of finding the leads for your customer. And when you do that, what is going to happen? Now, you are almost their customer as opposed to being a vendor. So this whole notion of community is very powerful because you are helping your customers from many different perspectives. And this is what is going to happen when you do that. Your customers are going to come to you and going to ask your advice for the product that you are going to sell, right? And what are you going to do? <laughs> because you are always trying to sell that product. Now you have created your community and thought leadership. So what you are going to do? You are going to obviously edu educate your customer. That was your goal to begin with. Majority of the companies, I mean, they all want to educate their customers. They all want to talk to the right customers. Nobody wants to waste time, right? But in this particular case, since you are building the community, you are building the thought leadership, you become the trusted advisor for a product, for an offering that you are going to be consulted before the customer goes and talk to any of your competitors. So that's why this notion of community is very powerful. I don't know if I answered it question or not. Yeah, I'm going to ask a few follow-ups for you there because I think that's a that's a really good start. But diving a little deeper there, like I'm, I'm thinking back to a conversation I had on my podcast just last month with our strategy director at Gorilla, Matthew Chanella, and Matt was talking about the idea of we did an episode together about webinars and how to how to run a, a webinar for a manufacturer and you know one of the things he talked about was neutralizing your product and creating thought leadership around the product category rather than your product because frankly nobody cares about your product they care about themselves and what they're trying to do so a few things follow-ups I was going to have for you here you know I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because I know you're a believer in that concept too I saw you nodding like how do you go about selling in a way or, or you know, building community around a product category that yours happens to fit into so that it's not just about you. Let's start there. Right. So obviously, as you mentioned, the neutralizing the pitch needs to be there because you know when you go to an educational seminar or if you go to a university, right, you are not going to be talking about the product. You are going to be talking about a concept, right? And I'm pretty sure you are a follower of Neil Patel as well. And he talks about these things too. I mean, from the from the Google perspective, right? From the SEO. So what he, he coaches is, let's say if you are creating a blog, if you are simply creating around your product, then even if that is not a sales pitch, it will come across as sales pitch. So what you want to do is rather than saying, you know what, I'm good at this, 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 this. What about you talk about top 10 products in your category and you mention your product and the pros and cons of that product? Right, then you become slightly more objective in your approach in, in your coaching that you no, know, you are trying to promote your own value prop because you are going to fit somewhere. You have some sort of competitive advantage, that's why you are surviving the business. Everybody does that. So when you create this piece of content, whether it, it could be or form a blog or webinar or clubhouse, it doesn't matter. The form does not matter. But you have to neutralize your pitch. 
yes the product category is important but more important is the problem that the customer is trying to solve okay the, if you form your conversation around the problem then what is going to happen is you know they are going to have let's say hundreds of questions around okay let's say if i am considering a part for a car right what are the questions that i'm going to have with respect to the form factor with respect to the build of the product with respect to okay whether if i install this part in my vehicle or machine okay how's that going to perform am i going to have some sort of financial risk because of that installation how's going to be the service so these are going to be some of the questions that your customers are going to have obviously they are going to have questions related to your own offering how you are positioned as a company but more importantly they are going to have questions about okay how can i buy this product any quote me that okay if you can create your content around that coaching piece then obviously that content is going to be powerful you are going to be considered as the trusted advisor i will tell you one more story around how to find a topic around these things so i was talking to one of the manufacturers he actually does a lot of work in the cold form steel space okay so they supply steel to construction companies they supply to rail companies you know they are really in the steel business now let's say if you're trying to create a community around cold form steel and this is the conversation i had with him it's just hard because you know even though you are neutralizing sort of your pitch you are not really talking about your own offering but the target audience is very small right so if you simply talk about the cold form cold form steel i don't know how exciting that is going to be so you need to extrapolate that okay what can i form the conversation around my buyer so let's say if i don't know if the operations manager or the field supervisor if they are involved in the decision making you need to create content around their needs and that is going to be around okay let's say if i have the supervisor okay what are the 10 questions that person is going to ask when he starts his or her job every day and if you can answer those those questions one thing this person is going to do is they are going to subscribe to your podcast the second thing they are going to do is they are going to subscribe to your blog because you are literally helping them out with their career with their job right and once you do that you are going to sit in their mind always so any time they are going to have a question obviously you are positioning your conversation around the community around the concept and when you do that you sit in their head with that positioning so in my case wbs rocks everybody knows it's erp so everybody knows okay anytime they are going to think about erp they are probably going to think about wbs rocks they are going to be thinking about sam gupta so this is how the community works okay community the notion of community is very powerful creating the topic around a specific subject matter expertise is very powerful in finding the topic as opposed to going just by the the product or for that matter product categories are slightly better but i would suggest that you know create around the concept where you can create several topics yeah that was really well said sam and there are a couple of things that you mentioned in there that that stood out to me you know one of them early on in in your response there when we were sort of talking about that idea of neutralizing your product i like the idea of when you're talking about you know benefits and like the pros and cons is the way you phrase it the pros and cons that you're talking about not only your product but others in you know the the competition right because here's the here's the reality like you your what you sell no matter who you are is not right for everybody it is right for a you know if you have a very tightly defined ideal customer profile and you understand the the buying process influencers and and the things that the people you're trying to reach care about if you know that really well well the more you can if you can just provide a objective honest information about you know this is right for people who fit this description or have these problems or are trying to achieve these things and this over here is right for people who have these problems and and you know this is the description of them and when you can be objective about that what i have found because i have a very niche business like we serve mid-sized b2b manufacturers who sell capex equipment through long sales cycles like that's who we really work with and so when i talk about the things that matter to those people well people who fit that description say oh my gosh that's us everything you know check 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 those are those are us and the people who aren't a fit they say okay yeah probably not the best fit i get that but that's a good thing because you wind up you know building credibility in the process of of just you know honestly stating who it is. is that you do business with and who you're best at serving and then people who aren't a fit you earn credibility with them too and they're probably likely to refer you when they see somebody who is so i don't know i'll stop there for a second to see if you had any builds there but that that's just kind of something you said that that stood out to me 
Yeah, and uh, the only thing I'm really going to add there is when you have that that focused approach with respect to either the industry or community, then you sort of become connected. You sort of become the the thought leader in your space. So in your example, let's say you know you are focused on a very specific industry, and we focus on very specific industry as well. We don't like to be take that cookie cutter approach. You know, just everything for everybody. It doesn't work. Right. So when you are connected in a very small community, as you had mentioned towards the beginning of the conversation, that I'm actually hanging out with some of the biggest influencer in the manufacturing. And the reason why they are hanging out with me is because they like to see what I'm offering to them. It actually helps them with their own personal growth. And that's the reason why they are hanging out with me. If I try to, let's say, publish my content related one day construction, one day manufacturing, the second day it's going to be food manufacturing, then, okay, who are you? Shall I be hanging out with you? <laughs> So everybody just cares for themselves. And I mean, as, as soon as salespeople realize that, right, as soon as they tailor the pitches around the resume, that's how I like to think, because we are involved, as I mentioned towards the beginning of the conversation, that we are involved in some of the most complex sales cycles that you can possibly imagine, right? So in our case, we are selling to literally everybody in the company. That is going to be your board. It's going to be your executive team. It's going to be your your floor employees as well. Because if they don't buy the, the software, they don't buy the idea of replacing the software, then obviously it's not going to go well, right? So we need to create the pitches and we have the strategy from the marketing perspective. We need to find uh, the sort of the customer persona and we are going to see that, you know, how what is going to resonate with each of those personas and we create the pitches around that even though it's the same product. It's the same offering. Okay, but the pitches are going to be completely different. So we study, okay, what are these guys care for from their resume? Because they are going to have their goals and based on that, they are going to perform. That's their day job. And if they are not successful in their, their, their job, then obviously they are not going to be excited about anything. The more you tailor the experience towards them, the more the pitch will resonate. And that's why this whole notion of the community and, and finding your niche is also very important the way you said, right? So as if you are hanging out in your community, you will get tons and tons of referrals, which acts as your, your sort of the IP. If you are simply doing just the sales or outbound sales, it's just, you know, as soon as you send that email, as soon as you make that call, you are done. <laughs> that's a sunk cost for you right? That's a spend for you. You are not never going to sort of get that back. But in case of, let's say, if you are doing inbound marketing or, or community-centric initiative, this is almost going to be your IP. That is going to sit there for you always. And that is going to give you the long-term return based on this effort, because you are always going to get referrals from these referral networks. Yeah, that's that's a good build there, Sam. And I, I wanted to come back around to one other thing you said a few minutes ago, which is you mentioned the idea of extrapolating based on the things that your audience cares about. And that that really struck me because it's exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And we, you know, when I think about who Gorilla, who my company tries to reach, well, there's there's the C-suite, there's the you know the CEOs and presidents and VPs of sales at at manufacturing organizations. And then there's also the marketing folks, the marketing directors, marketing managers, CMOs, those types. And so like we use this platform. I was encouraged by the company that produces this podcast for me, Sweetfish Media, when we named this. I was I was looking at names like, you know, related to industrial marketing. And they said, no, you need to name this the manufacturing executive. You've told us that your your person you're trying to reach is a CEO. So, and you need to make the show about uh, about more than just marketing because CEOs of manufacturing aren't experts in marketing. And if you want to build community with them, you need to talk about things and let them talk in front of their peers about their things that they they are experts at, like building a a manufacturing business and and hiring and you know sales in the manufacturing space and technology around robotics and automation in industry 4.0 and so so basically you know we've used this platform the manufacturing executive to build community with manufacturing executives right and then on the other side i have you know my marketing team led by matt who i mentioned earlier who is running a recurring episodic webinar series called industrial marketing live and that is not for manufacturing executives that is for the marketing director type and we have you know over 200 people who attend these things every or you know are subscribed at least probably 50 attend every every other week to and, and there's a community building there around the, the marketing folks in manufacturing so i really like the idea though of, of sort of extrapolating and, and not not just zeroing in on, on the thing you do, but the things that matter the most to the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's it goes with any marketing, I guess, right? I mean, you know, if you try to zero in too much, that could be a problem. But if you are too broad, that could be a problem as well. So it's sort of the art. 
<laughs> in case of marketing, right? So you need to figure out the ideal focus that is going to be the right fit for you so that you have your, your community. I mean, it, it, you don't want to target like a million people. <laughs> it's not going to work, right? Yeah. Well, Sam, there are a few platforms I want to get into here, in particular LinkedIn and then Clubhouse, which the for- the former is familiar probably to most listeners, the latter probably to, to few, to be honest. But b- before we go there, wh- one other thing I just wanted to ask you was, can you just just for context for anybody who's kind of sitting here thinking like, okay, community, I'm still not exactly sure what, like, can you make commu- the idea of community a little more tangible? Like what are different ways to build community online and specifically in the manufacturing space? So yeah, so the way I like to define the community is it's going to be around the subject. So we have already discussed that, you know, it, it, as soon as you find your topic, as soon as you build your audience, okay, who's going to be your ICP? It's almost like starting a company, to be honest, okay? The way you start your company, in, in this particular case, the focus is going to be slightly more educational, but you have to do everything from the sales and marketing perspective, the way you would do for a company. So here, you need to find a topic on which you are going to be focusing on. So that is going to be your content strategy, right? And then you need to find your ideal customer. Okay, who's going to be the audience that is going to be hanging out in the community? And then you have to create several touch points. And that's where the conversation about channel is going to come in, right? So I typically don't like to keep all of my eggs in one basket, right? That's how I am. Okay, I'm not going to say that, you know, the Clubhouse is cooler or Facebook is cooler or maybe, uh, you know, Twitter is cooler. For me, okay, where is my audience hanging out? What are they doing there? How can I target them with the right messaging that works on the platform? That's what I am personally trying to figure out. So then you need to find these channels. Okay, where are these channels? And sometimes what is going to happen is you are not going to find an overlap. So let's say the people who are hanging out on LinkedIn, they might not be hanging out on Twitter. The people who are hanging out on Clubhouse, they might not be hanging out on Twitter just because they don't find it cool, right? So once you create your messaging, now you need to target from different channels and you need to create the community. Now, some people might be confused that, you know what, it's just a thought leadership. Isn't it just a content strategy that you're talking about? Okay, what is so different about community? The real difference between a community and the and the regular thought leadership or the content strategy is, in this particular case, you are really meeting them on a weekly basis. You are caring for them. You are sort of becoming the super connector. You are making, let's say, 20 to 25 intros on a daily basis just to help people out. Okay, you are not even thinking about it. So you are spending a lot more time. And this is what you would probably do when you go to a trade show as well. I mean, in trade shows, I have spent my life in going to trade shows, to be honest. Okay, in trade shows, people don't necessarily pitch. Okay, they like to talk about beer. They like to talk about friendship. They like to talk about conversation. So you are literally creating that that relationship, right? You can do the same thing virtually as well. Okay, you can create these engagements from different channels. Make sure you are continuously engaged with them on multiple channels and you are adding the real value in their lives, whether it it, it is going to be, okay, can I provide you backlinks? Can I provide you some sort of content authority so that it's going to help you with your day jobs? Can I help you get a job? (laughs) Help you sell your products, okay? The more you do for the community, the more you encourage your your community members to serve the community, the, the more it will come back to you. I don't know if I'm making sense right now. You are actually, and and you're kind of answering a question that I I wanted to ask you at some point here, which was you know you you've I've heard you talk about the idea of being a super connector, and that's kind of what you're talking about here. And I see you doing this on LinkedIn. Usually, when you post something, you know anybody who's listening here, go go first of all, go follow or connect with Sam on LinkedIn. But he he does a really good job. Observe his posts. I notice you always tag a lot of people, and you know when sometimes when you see this, you you think uh, you're just trying to get your content in front of more people. But I if you look at how Sam does. That you're very intentional about who you choose to to tag on a given post because that content has some relevance to them or you think they could add to the conversation. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the the strategy about the the content and why this matters, right? So again, it's the basic sales one one in my opinion, right? The whole idea of sales is not really to pitch; it's to Stay on your customer's mind all the time. At least that's what I was taught when I I got into sales, right? So now, how do you stay on your customer's mind, right? You could do a couple of things. Number one, you could be calling on a, on a weekly basis. You could be emailing them on a weekly basis, or you could be touching them through social media. So one of the strategies that, or you could be simply making the introduction, as I mentioned during our conversation about being super connector. 
So in my case, the reason why I like to follow this concept of super connector, and by the way, this comes from a book, and this is there is a book called Super Connector, right? So he describes this concept of super connector in a very detailed fashion. The way super connectors like to think and work is they are very enterprising in their approach, the way they think, right? So what they are going to do is they, if let's say Joe, you come to me and you are asking me for a favor. Okay, I'm going to think that, you know what, Joe came to me, what can I do for Joe so that, you know, number one, it's obviously going to help Joe as well, right? And then it is going to help Joe remember my name all the time that Sam had done something for me, right? So in case of Super Connector, what you are doing is you are creating three-way connection, okay? So you are connecting a person and now I may have nothing to do with this connection, to be honest. I'm simply wasting my time. Because I, I may never be selling my offering to these guys. But what I'm doing is, hey, I know Joe and I also know a manufacturer who might be looking for, let's say, the marketing help, right? Now, if this person comes to me, okay, he might have a simple question about something. So what I do is I do very strategic and synergistic introduction, okay? So for example, Joe, you are targeting your manufacturers, right? Now, there might be another vendor who might be targeting manufacturers as well. If you collaborated on your marketing efforts, you guys can win together. So these are the kind of introductions I always make. And because of that, that actually helps me with the community building. And that's a concept of super connecting. The super connectors are, are very resourceful in their approach. They are always thinking out, okay, what can I do for my community? What can I do for my network? And obviously the people who understand the referral-based relationships, the people who understand how the super connecting works, they are going to come back to you. They are going to care for you as well because they care for your introduction. And that's why you see the large community. As soon as I post on LinkedIn, oh my goodness, you are going to see 200 likes on my post. And the reason why they, they are liking is because, you know, they are getting real introductions. I'm helping them with their business. The, the you know if they engage with let's say a marketing company or a sales company these companies will charge them i don't know maybe a hundred dollar per lead two hundred dollar per lead and this is really a free introduction from my side i'm, I'm not expecting anything back so what is going to happen next i mean obviously they are going to care for me because you know if they don't care for me i, I will not be responding to them that's how we all work <laughs> right yeah, I, I think it's really good, Sam. And I think there are, you know, I think, you know, that, that sort of approach if is, it can be done authentically and it can be done inauthentically. And you see it happen in both ways. And I think you're a good example of somebody who is clearly authentic in your methodology for doing it. You're very thoughtful about, you know, the connections you make and uh, you, know, you kind of describe it. Okay. Like, who, you know, Joe and this person, they kind of serve the same audience. I wonder if there's some collaboration they could have. You know, I, I think the, the thing you said that stood out the most was you don't expect anything in return. And I think if you go in with that mindset, you're going to build trust and credibility and, and you're you become more likable because frankly, I didn't know you when you reached out to me to be on your podcast. And I saw the way you're using LinkedIn and tagging people constantly. And I didn't know what to expect, frankly. But you know, I got to know you a little bit through just through your content and observing what you're doing and, and our conversations leading up to this. And so I, I really I think you're a good example of how to do that in a way that will naturally, like you said, it's you are building an audience by doing that. You're building relationships with people. You're not asking for anything in return. But as a result of doing all this and helping the community and looking to how to help people, you're, you are going to get something in return. You know, it, 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 it will happen incrementally over time, just naturally. Yeah. And one thing I would like to add there, and sometimes when people are starting on this journey for the first time, they become too invested in this approach, right? And they might not be expecting anything in return and they might be going after everybody. I would not advise that approach because end of the day, we all need to sell something to be able to feed our families, right? So you really need to be mindful of your time as well. So what I typically recommend is take, let's say, 60-40 approach, 70-30 approach, 80-20 approach with respect to your time. 80% or 70% of time needs to be in sales focus. 20 to 30% of the time needs to be slightly more long-term where you are nurturing your relationships, right? So balance your time. If you're too invested, you will lose it. You are not going to appreciate this. Okay, you will see, oh my goodness, I'm wasting so much time on LinkedIn. It's not working out. I'm not making any money. It doesn't work that way, right? So balance it out. Balance is the name of the game. 
Really great point. I'm glad glad you added that there because you know there there has to be everybody's got sales quotas to meet. If you're in sales, like you have objectives you need to meet, and some of that stuff is going to require a little more hard hitting approach and and prospecting and and all of that. But I think the way you described it is really good. Where the type of stuff that Sam is talking about here on this podcast, just for our listeners, is is correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but at least from my perspective, a lot of it is a long term play. This is building, you know, a brand. A personal brand for yourself it's building a brand for you know the organization you work for within the community that you're you're a part of in the business world and it's you shouldn't expect that this stuff is going to pay off in a month or even a year sometimes like this is you are trying to build thought leadership and a, a position of of expert in your space and you got to be doing the stuff side by side with that that's a little more hard hitting right yeah, yeah. So it's almost like creating a company or a product or R&D, you know, that's a long play. So you have to wait before you can reap the fruit. So you are not going to, let's say if you have a sales play right now, you are already getting sales from somewhere. Don't disrupt that process because that's already proof. You are already getting that. When you start on a new initiative, try in the 30 to 20% approach, try to see, you know, how I can create this channel that is going to pay me in the long term, because this is already your 60-70%, the sales, outbound sales that you might be doing, that's already your sunk cost. You are wasting your money. Because tomorrow, let's say if the pandemic is going to pandemic is going to end, in our case, the reason why we started on this journey of you know inbound marketing is because our existing channels were not really working. Okay, we had no leads whatsoever. So what do we do? <laughs> so we had to figure out okay, something for the long term. Because I mean, this was a very shocking situation for all of us. Right. So that's why we wanted to create some sort of IP around our marketing efforts, some sort of long term play around marketing efforts that is going to pay us in the long term. Yep. It's a really smart move, I think. And I think you're a good example of somebody doing it well in this space. So solid stuff. Sam, I wanted to... I've been kind of itching on my my show here to talk to somebody about Clubhouse. And I'll start by saying... And I, I want you to... I'm going to let you do kind of explain what Clubhouse is briefly in your words in a second here. But you know, I want to start by saying that you know I think your episode is following up the one that I did with Mike Weinberg, who's an author of New Sales Simplified and Sales Management Simplified and Sales Truth, some a, a huge best-selling sales books, some on the all-time list on, on Amazon for best-selling sales books. And he, he he made a comment. He talked a little bit about clubhouses in the context of, you know, th- there's always the next, the next shiny thing. And there's always people out there telling you, if you don't do this thing and get on this thing, you're, you're going to be a dinosaur and you're going to be dead. And I am not a, I, I'm hundred percent on board with, with Mike's take there. Like it's, you know, there's always going to be the new shiny thing that you have to jump in and people are telling you, you've got to do this. And, but here's what I'll say about some Something like Clubhouse, like it's this is a a brand new, well not brand new at this point anymore. A few months in now, where it's it's really gaining some steam, but it's it's a newer platform. The manufacturing sector is starting to show up there, and there is opportunity there. It it's not going to be your end all be all or the big solve that changes your business for for most of you. But here's what I will tell you: I, I've been spending some time on this platform, and there is you know my audience is starting to show up there, and there is an opportunity to be a little bit of a pioneer and get out there and see if it works. So for that reason, I do want to talk a little bit about what Clubhouse is. And Sam, you're again, you're an example of somebody who has sort of figured out how to make the platform work for you. So I'll stop there. And get start, if you could start by just sort of explaining briefly what, what is Clubhouse? Because a lot of listeners probably are like, I've heard of this thing, or maybe I haven't, and I don't even understand what it, what it is. How would you describe what the platform is? And then I'd love for you to get into talking a little bit about how you're making use of it and the value you're seeing? So the best way I like to describe Clubhouse is the best way to think about it is going to be it's almost like 24-7 live trade show where your customers are hanging out and this is the best way to talk to them, to engage with them, to build your thought leadership because you are not going to find a second platform which is going to be absolutely free. That's the best part about Clubhouse. So if you go to a trade show, you are probably spending $5,000, $10,000. You are setting up booth and there is no guarantee that somebody is going to show up your, your booth or somebody is going to listen to you for that matter, right? In case of Clubhouse, it's a similar concept. It's almost like setting up your, your virtual booth around the, the expertise that you have. 
So when you go to Clubhouse, what you are going to see is on the on the the homepage, you are going to see a bunch of topics. And anybody who is present on Clubhouse, they choose a specific interest when they log into the Clubhouse. So for example, in my case, I am going to be interested about anything related to digital transformation, manufacturing, you know, anything and everything ERP, probably. Joe, you are going to be interested in sales and marketing, manufacturing, right? So you are going to select your interest around that topic. And then what the feed is going to do is it's actually going to show you all the rooms that are going to be relevant to your interest. So it's almost like live meetup that is happening all the time. You can drop in at any point of time. The only thing you really need is a phone. And the main difference between a podcast or the webcast and the clubhouse is that in case of clubhouse, I mean, you could be working in your kitchen. You could be babysitting. <laughs> you could be, you know, walking on the road. Nobody really cares, to be honest. Okay. So that's the beauty of clubhouse where you are engaging with your target customers. You are engaging in your community on a regular basis. And it's not going to be any easier than that. I don't know if I described uh, the clubhouse well here. Uh, do you have any follow-up questions, Joe? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna build on what you said first, and then and then let you chime back in. So, you know, this so basically what we're talking about here is it is an audio only platform at the moment. It's only available for uh, Apple product users, which is a little bit frustrating. But yeah, it's it's kind of like I think you described it well. It's it's like a 24 seven trade show. There are always conversations happening. I mean, there was there are conversations by celebrities. I mean, this keep in mind this is for anybody in the world here. But there are, are very niche conversations happening. Like there's Industry 4.0 Club that is. Yeah, yeah, Martin Cloak from a Raven Telemetry started, and you know that that one's gained a lot of steam. And there are conversations happening around Industry 4.0 technology and automation and, and things of that nature every day around lunchtime. And and there are hundreds of people showing up sometimes. And that we're gonna have we we did one recently about you know the combating the manufacturing labor shortage, and we brought in some a, a few people who are are in that sort of manufacturing hiring space to talk about what they're seeing, and others that just joined in. Some listened. You can. Invite people up on stage. We had an 80-minute conversation about the manufacturing labor shortage and how companies are combating it. And over the course of that conversation, it wasn't huge, but there were probably 30 to 40 people who popped in and out and contributed. And it was a fantastic conversation. I mean, it was just so, so great. And so, you know, by doing that, you're connecting with other people in the space who have interest in this topic. You know, I had two of my prospects sit there for 80 minutes and listen, and a few of them chimed in and, and they, they were part of that conversation. So it's great nurturing for me. But it's also by, and I was just a facilitator. I don't know very much about the manufacturing labor shortage other than what I hear from the mouths of my customers because I talked to, you know, I've talked to hundreds of manufacturers over the last few years. They are the experts in what's happening there. So my job was to facilitate the conversation between the people who really are experts on it. So I'm just kind of curious, Sam, I'd, I'd love to hear how you have been using the platform to build your own community. Because that's that's what our episode here is about is community. And I think this is a really cool way to do it. And I've seen you doing a nice job with it. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I, I do is I'm always doing this cross linking, which always typically works slightly better. So as opposed to simply having the, a lot of people, when they have the clubhouse, they don't really have their branding, to be honest. In our case, everything is just WBS rocks. Okay. So when you go across the, the channels, it's just one hashtag. It's just one branding. It's not any different. So that actually gives a sense of community that you are part of sort of the WBS rocks in my case, right? So, so that is one thing that, okay. If I'm actually on the on the clubhouse, right? So obviously we post a lot of different topics that in our case, the topics are, are going to be around, let's say ERP and e-commerce, right? So my audience for ERP is going to be completely different than the audience that I'm going to get for, for e-commerce. So we post many different topics around these two topics, but the, the best traction that I get from clubhouse is when I'm cross promoting this on multiple platforms. And that is going to be, okay, if a lot of people are showing up to your room, make sure that you tag them on LinkedIn because that is a way of providing them visibility. That is a way for people to be able to connect with each other because the limitation that you are going to hit into your clubhouse is, you know, you, you don't have a way to sort of chat or connect there. You know, you just have your Twitter link. You probably have your Instagram link. But let's say if you had a conversation, you want to make sure that whatever community you are building, they are able to carry forward this conversation 
afterwards. So what we really do is we do a really good job of posting this on LinkedIn. And we are going to be tagging everybody who was part of the room. Okay, we are going to post their pictures on the post and this actually gives them visibility. Their employees are going to see that, you know, this person is really engaged in the community, is very well trusted. Let's say if you're a sales or marketing person, you know, that helps with your brand, that helps with your job as well because your company is actually getting the visibility. So what we do, and that's a question you asked, right, Joe? In our case, we are really trying to reinforce the community from different channels. So Clubhouse is just one channel for us. We are not running after every shiny syndrome out there. Okay, for us, it's a way to get new guests. It's a way to get new audience that may not be possible, let's say, getting through my own personal network or my company's network or, let's say, from LinkedIn or Twitter. This is a completely... Uh, we have the guests pop in all the time and the, they are asking the question. And one of the things that I would advise everybody on Clubhouse is if you have a guest pop in, make sure they engage. This is a very social experience, okay? The, the point there is not really to preach about what you know. <laughs> the point there is to sort of engage with your audience, okay? If they have a question, okay, make sure you let them speak. Anytime, I mean, this is something we do all the time in our room. I mean, see, if a new guest is going to be there, he becomes the first speaker, always. Okay, they are the ones who are actually going to be speaking because we want to make sure that they are comfortable. Obviously, you want to care for the other people as well that are already engaged in your community, that are part of the community, but it's always the new people that you need to take extra care for. The more you do it, the more they will start showing up every time. And the room is going to grow <laughs> just because they are finding value with, uh, you know, based on the conversation. They sort of feel warm and welcome as part of the community. They are connected with you because they are care for these topics. In our case, our community is built around ERP, digital transformation. So they care for these topics. If you are selling, let's say, steel or the automotive parts, you want to build your community around that. Yeah, good stuff, Sam. That, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I think manufacturing people listening right now, it's it's worth checking out what's going on on, on Clubhouse. But it's it's just one of, of many places you can do this. It's just kind of the new, it happens to be the new shiny thing I've I've heard in the last week or so. LinkedIn's getting ready to roll out their version at some point in the future here. Of maybe it'll have happened by the time this is live, but of a sort of a, what they're calling a social audio platform. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if Clubhouse is the the winner in the long term. If somebody else scoops it up or makes a version that that crushes it and all, all to be determined but i think the point is is really like this is just another place where you can build community you can engage with actual human beings invite them into the conversation it's pretty cool what's happening there so well, Sam, I want to I want to wrap up pretty soon here, but the, the only other thing I really wanted to hit on with you, you know, I, in the early days of of social media, which is, makes me sound like a dinosaur already, geez. But you know, I'm I'm 38 years old. I was it, I was in in college when Facebook, like you know, emerged and and became a thing, and and so I was you know kind of early an early user of Facebook and of Twitter and in in those you know early days of social media, and and then for somewhere along the way, I just sort of faded away from Twitter. I don't I don't know why. I don't know, you know, there wasn't a specific reason for it, but I haven't heard a lot of people talk about Twitter, probably just given that I'm in this B2B manufacturing niche recently. And then I was talking to you in prep for this episode and you're like, you're not using Twitter in manufacturing? Like there's a lot going on there. And it it kind of just my ears perked up and I was I was very curious. So I wanted to knowing that our audience here is probably not massive Twitter users. I, you know, I could be wrong. Some of you probably are. I, I Maybe I don't know my audience as well as I think I do, but I would love to hear you just talk sort of at a 101 level, Sam, about how you're seeing that platform being used. And again, coming back to this theme of building community, maybe talk a little bit about how you're, you're you know, using Twitter on that front. Yeah. So Twitter is a very unique platform the way it works, right? Number one thing about Twitter is their hashtags are extremely powerful and it's a very open platform as compared to your LinkedIn or Clubhouse. So whatever happens on LinkedIn stays on LinkedIn. Whatever happens on Clubhouse stays on Clubhouse. You don't necessarily get the ROI after these platforms. But, you know, in case of Twitter, it's a very open platform. So let's say if you're tweeting about your content and if somebody's watching those hashtags and, and people are deliberate about watching these hashtags, just because in case of Twitter, it's just easier. There is a, you know, a paper called paper.ly. A lot of salespeople are simply building paper just because they want to build their thought leadership. So what they'll do is, let's say, if you're tweeting around a specific hashtag, they will include your content on that. And then you are going to get a backlink as part of that. And you know, Joe, you are a marketing guy, right? You know how these backlinks can be expensive. 
In this particular case, you are actually going to get a real backlink and that is going to be relevant to your domain because you are sort of the tight around the hashtag. Now, let's come to the Twitter chat. Twitter chat is a very unique concept of Twitter, to be honest. Not a lot of people are aware of that, right? But I mean, it's been used by universities. It's been used by the startup space. So it was a pleasant surprise for me when I discovered that manufacturing community was very involved on the Twitter chat. And there is a hashtag called USA Manufacturing Hour. USA MFG H-O-U-R is the hashtag, I guess. You know, again, look it up. I may be slightly off here. Maybe you can include that in the show notes. So that is the hashtag that is, uh, I would say, at least 100 or 200 manufacturers on the world on this specific hashtag. And they are there, all the marketing folks, right? They are there to just promote each other content. The way the Twitter chat work is, you know, so it's uh, again around the community. So uh, in in a specific time just for one hour. In our case, let's say we do this Twitter chat around WBS Watts. So we are going to be meeting at 12 o'clock in 25 minutes right now. And we are going to be picking a specific topic around digital transformation or ERP. And we are going to be talking about how that can help manufacturers. So typically you are going to get, let's say five to seven different questions and everybody simply engages on those questions. The only constraint that we have in this Twitter chat is going to be a hashtag that everybody is using and the advantage that you get by using this specific hashtag or on the twitter chat is because you know everybody who is tweeting around that specific hashtag is actually going to retweet everything that you are doing so let's say if you tweet around wbs rocks and you have a hashtag called manufacturing so anybody who's monitoring manufacturing is actually going to pay attention to WBS Rocks as WBS Rocks is typically quoted around manufacturing. So I should be paying attention to, to WBS Rocks. Maybe they have something related to manufacturing. So this is the easier way of building your awareness. But the, the most advantage that you get is number one, you can promote your content. There is no limitation as such when you are on Clubhouse or LinkedIn. You have a lot of limitations based on the platform. But on Twitter, what you could be doing is you could simply be promoting your, your offering and you could be, you know, quoting your own hashtag. Nobody's going to mind that they are still going to retweet because you are still part of that WBS rocks for some time. Also, this chat that you have on the Twitter that lives forever. So anytime you are going to search for WBS rocks, you can find out, okay, whatever everybody chatted in the last four to five days. So now let's say if you're hiring, you are engaging, right? You are hiring and for that you are engaging with your target audience. You could have simple questions around hiring. Okay. And then a lot of people who are looking for a job are actually going to show up for that specific chat. Obviously, you have to build your community. You have to still recruit. You still have to hire. You still have to approach. You still have to promote. But once you have your community built up, they all are going to show up around the same time without much effort. And majority of this effort can be automated. That's the best part. And in case of LinkedIn, automation is, is, is tricky. It's very hard, especially if you want to get visibility on LinkedIn. In case of Twitter, everything can be automated, to be honest, okay? The whole Twitter chat can be automated, but obviously you still have to engage on the Twitter chat. So some of the advantages that I personally got from the Twitter chat is, for example, let's say if I'm not aware of specific tools, okay, people are going to be tweeting. So they are actually answering a question. They are answering a question around the problem. So, for example, today we are talking about just quality of life for employees in manufacturing. That's what we are talking about. So now, let's say if you have quality of life issues, you are going to be hearing a lot of best practices from your competitors. Can you believe this? Okay, you are never going to hear these secrets because nobody tells you. But in this particular case, since this is a community experience, everybody is trying to share with each other. They are all trying to learn together. So it's a very community experience. I don't know if I did a good job here explaining to the chat. Yeah, no, you did. I'm sure there are people that are following along and some who are like, you know, their, their jaws dropped. They're like, huh? But that, but that, that is perfectly fine because I think, you know, we're getting into some of the, the details here and there. I think for some people here, this will be really, really valuable, especially those who are. We're probably already doing some of the 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 basic stuff that we all need to be doing, like having a LinkedIn presence and you know finding some way to, to build community. But yeah, I, I'm I'm personally very interested in sort of diving back into Twitter. I've been absent for for years, and it's cool to see that that platform is. Uh, you know, every platform's got its own unique reasons to use it, and so yeah. So I'm I'm kind of kind of take a look at that. Well, Sam, on, on that note, you have a Twitter chat you have to get to in in a few, uh, few minutes here, so. I'll I want to respect your time. We've been running a little long here, but that's because it's been a really great conversation. So is there anything you want to add before we uh, put a bow on this one? 
yeah, the only thing I would like to add is just stay focused and figure out your audience. And uh, one of the things with social media is social media is extremely tricky to get real ROI from. So one of the things that you should be doing or putting a lot of work with respect to social media, just research about your audience, where they are hanging out, what they care for, learn the nuances of the platform. If you understand the nuances of how each platform works, as opposed to running after every shiny object, you will be far more successful in social media. The only reason why some social media does not work for some people is because they just don't know how to use it. To be honest, they are simply wasting their time. So figure out how to use it right, and then you'll get the real ROI. It's going to be a real IP that you can build, and that is going to pay off for next four years, five years you know, timeline without any investment. Can run. Yeah, that's a really good way to wrap it up, Sam. And I think what I'm hearing from you is one, understand where your audience engages online, where they gather information, where they participate. And then two, you know, learn how, how those platforms work. You, you mentioned, you know, understanding the nuances, right? This isn't a, a spray and pray approach like the early days of social media where you used Hootsuite to blast out, you know, automated messages to nine platforms and half of which don't exist anymore or whatever. Like this is, you really have to, like, this is about engaging. It's not just about blasting a promotional message out there. It's about finding the people you're trying to reach, uh, helping them as you've talked about, being that super connector, building relationships, participating in conversations. It's it, There's manual work here, but it's it's really not that different from the way you would do, do it in real life. It's just there are platforms out there that allow you to connect with human beings at a real human level uh, who have similar interests and... So I think there were a lot of really nice things you touched on here today that are going to be really valuable to our audience. So Sam, thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. You know, I always enjoy your show. I was a listener of your show much before, you know, you hosted me or, you know, I started my own podcast. So I appreciate everything that you are doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And Sam, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and where they can learn more about Elevate IQ, WBS Rocks and all the other interesting things that you're up to? So the easiest way is going to be really social media. I'm super active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So if you guys want to send the connection request on LinkedIn, I appreciate everybody, even if you're going to pitch to me, to be honest, because, you know, someday, you know, somehow I'm probably going to need you. <laughs> so I need everyone. So send the connection request. The best way to find is Sam Gupta. It's S-A-M-G-U-P-T-A is the last name. And the company name is E-L-E-V-A-T. There is no E at the end in the elevator word. And I-Q. And WBS Rocks is going to be WBS.rocks. You fill up the contact form, my team will, you know, get that to me. So yeah, I'm very available on social media. Yeah, you cannot miss me. Great. Well, wherever you're listening to this right now, I'll make sure that Elevate IQ and WBS Rocks are in the show notes. So you can kind of click through there and, and find Sam, Sam Gupta. Sam, thanks for, thanks again for doing this, man. This was really good. Thank you so much. I had a blast too. Awesome. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>